Hello, and welcome back to the North Georgia Blue podcast, produced and distributed by the Fannin County Democratic Party. I'm your host, Meryl Clark, and we're getting into some good trouble today with our guest, Debbie Peppers, former chair of the Whitfield County Democratic Party, current treasurer of the North Georgia Democrats, attorney, and longtime political activist. Welcome to the show, Debbie. We're so happy to have you with us today. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. Well, let's let our listeners know something about you. Born and raised in Dalton, Georgia, Debbie is actually a double dog. Having graduated from the University of Georgia with a degree in political science and emphasis on American political systems and UGA law school, she has served in various community roles, including the Girl Scouts, Family Crisis Center, Cherokee Estates, League of Women Voters, Kiwanis, Rotary, PTA and the Juvenile Court Citizen Review Panels. Debbie was the plaintiff in a lawsuit against the state of Georgia over conditions in the Juvenile Detention Center, for which she was awarded the American Bar Association's Livingston Award. Congratulations on that. She was also elected as the first woman on the Whitfield County Board of Commissioners, defeating four men without a runoff and served one term without seeking re-election. She also ran for state Senate in 2016 16 after the newly elected senator resigned the day after the election. Amazing. Her interest in politics began in high school, working with her uncle's campaign for state representative. He won that election and her cousin succeeded him and served several years in the state house afterwards. In 1977, she worked on her father's campaign for Congress to defeat the infamous John Bircher, Larry McDonald. She continued to work in many Democratic campaigns over the years and has been been involved with her local party for a number of years, finally being elected chair in 2020. Debbie also serves on the Unified Board of Zoning Appeals. She is a Cub Scout PAC leader, a member of the League of Women Voters, and treasurer of the North Georgia Democrats. Oh my, you have such an impressive background, Debbie. Clearly, you come from a politically inclined family. Have you always been a Democrat? And if so, why? And what sparked your interest in high school to become more involved? Well, yes, I've always been a Democrat, but we'll preface that by saying back in the day when I was younger, everybody was a Democrat. A lot of the politicians that you see now, if they've been around for a while, just off the top of my head, I think of Nathan Deal and Bubba McDonald and all of those guys, they ran originally as Democrats. My interest in politics probably did begin when I was in high school. I had a really great professor at Dalton State College, Terry Christie. He was a political science professor and I loved him. And then I went on to Georgia and I had Charles Bullock. And if anyone keeps up with the Georgia politics, he writes a lot of articles for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. He was wonderful and I enjoyed him too. But I'll tell you a funny story. Shortly after my husband and I got married, we went to a family reunion. And when we left, my husband said, does all your family talk about is politics? And I said, well, yeah. I mean, what else is there to talk about? (laughs) So it kind of comes from the family as well. We've always had an interest in it. So I inherited that, I guess. Well, we're lucky to have you on our side. That's all I could say about that. So let's talk about Whitfield County. How is your party involved in that race to unseat Marjorie Taylor Greene? Because she has to go. And we've got some wonderful, viable candidates running against her. We do. And I'm really excited about our candidates. We do have some really good ones for a change. And I will say it's not just a county party. What an interesting thing happened. 
happened back during the coordinated senatorial campaign this year. Back in the fall of 2019, actually, when Ossoff and Warnock were running, I started communicating with some of the surrounding county chairs. I was just kind of moving into the position of chair for Whitfield County, and I really didn't know too much about what was going on. So I started reaching out and we all started talking to one another and sharing ideas. And after the election was over, we continued to maintain that communication. And in June of this year, we all got together and decided that we thought that working together and a coordinated effort would be beneficial for the district. So we formed this group called North Georgia Democrats, and we are continuing to work together. And we have several goals. One of our first goals is to try to support and strengthen local county committees. We're trying to do that by rotating through the counties to do fundraising for the committee. We're also trying to provide support. We set up some expectations that we are goals that we're asking the counties to work toward. Some of them are simple, like have regular meetings. Some of them are technological. So we're asking, do you have an Actbook account? Do you need help setting one up? Do you have a website? Do you have a Facebook presence? All of those things. So we're trying to work with county committees to make them stronger. We also want to try to coordinate a Democratic-friendly message that the counties throughout the district can use because we feel like if we could educate people about what Democrats stand for, what our platform is and what we stand for, instead of being reactive and be proactive by telling people what we're about, that we could win over a lot of people now who are being pushed out of the Republican Party because they do not support the extremist views of some of these politicians that now are in office, Marjorie Taylor Greene being one of them. Y'all have got the Clyde guy, I think, over where you are in the Ninth District, who's about as bad as she is. Andrew Clyde, he is... Yeah. Almost as bad as she is. The only difference between him and her is he's not as flashy. He's not out there as much as she is. But as far as beliefs, the two of them are of the same idea. Correct. So we were thinking that the state party has a lot on its plate. I think they had said they were trying to strengthen some of the weaker counties in South Georgia who don't have committees at all. And because our approach is uh, being a more rural area is different from the cosmopolitan metropolitan areas of Atlanta, we felt like we probably knew better how to reach our folks than to depend just solely on the state. Now, we're certainly still looking for the state for a lot of help, but we're trying to get it a little closer to home in hopes that we can strengthen the Democrats up in the North Georgia area. So that segues nicely into my next two questions. First of all, is the North Georgia Democrats group a PAC? Is that a political action committee? or No, we're a 501c4, which is an educational committee. We discussed the PAC issue and all of that sort of thing. And it kind of came down to disclosures and reporting and that sort of thing, which is why we decided to go with the 501 C4, the educational part, which also, by the way, is the same designation that something like the League of Women Voters has, where our purpose is to try to educate people about what we stand for without taking an all-out Democrats approach. Of course, obviously, with Democrats in our name, we're going to be more in line with Democratic politicians' views and values, but we intentionally did not go the PAC route. I was curious about that because there are certainly advantages and disadvantages to both. So my second question regarding your organization is talking about Democrats messaging 
or lack thereof, or ability to get their messaging across to the voters. President Biden and Congress and Democrats at the state capitol are doing great work. They truly are. And they're doing the best they can with the very slim majority they have, which if you throw in Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema, it's really not enough of a majority actually to get more progressive ideals across. But they're still doing great work. And the messaging seems to lack the ability to get across to a lot of voters, especially in rural areas. So how are you trying to change that messaging, try to make it better? And how are you trying to get across to a lot of folks who don't understand that the process is slow and tedious, but it is moving forward? Yeah, I'm thinking about communication. It's really two-pronged. First of all is, what is your actual message and how do you get it across? And I think the Democrats have done a terrible job of doing that. For example, I was thinking the other day, I had seen another one. I was trying to remember what it was. I couldn't remember. But the whole defund the police. I mean, who thought of that as a slogan? The Democrats end up spending a lot of time trying to explain what that term means. We tend to complicate things. Whereas I think the Republicans do a great job of just putting a slogan on everything that everybody says, you know, it's pretty much like, let's support apple pie and everybody claps their hands and says, yeah, that's a good idea. I think we need to try to simplify our message. And I think we can. I've been trying on a small scale to do it locally by putting things out like we support raising taxes on the wealthy. I, for the life of me, cannot understand how the Republicans or how anybody could be opposed to saying that those that make over $400,000 ought to be paying at least the same ratio of taxes that somebody who's making 100000 is paying. But apparently there are people who don't understand that. I think that as a party, we have got to simplify our message in order for people to understand. And then if they want to get into and asking questions and debate it, that's one thing. But honestly, I have not seen with a lot of these folks who jump on these Republican messages that they're really thinking about what does that really mean? You know, I see there is going to be a push this next year, apparently in, in Atlanta, to get rid of the state income tax. Now, I pay state income tax. That'd be great for me. But then the question becomes, well, then how are you going to make up that deficit? Where is it going to come from? What are you going to do? Cut services? Are you going to raise something else? Because you can't just have a big hole like that and not fill it. So I think we've got to get our own messaging consistent and be bragging a little bit more than we are doing. And the second thing is I get very anxious when people say, and I see it all the time, hear it all the time, Democrats are not getting their message across. And I totally agree with that. But by the same token, I am frustrated by the fact that I'm spinning my wheels trying to figure out how to get your message across. Our local party has a website. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. We have Facebook. But I don't for one minute think that that is reaching the majority of the local population. I used to tell people, I used to do little workshops for people who were thinking of running for office. And one of the things I would tell them, because I found this myself when you're politic and you tend to be out and you're talking, you end up talking to the same people or the same circle of people. So you can fool yourself into thinking everybody is going to be voting for me. And what I told them is walk into a Western system on Friday night and see how many people you know in there. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing with our messaging. You know, we are messaging amongst one another, but I can't get outside that circle. And I've been real frustrated about that. We were struggling with that 
back during the coordinated campaigns in our area, in Dalton, with the county, we have a very large Hispanic population. But trying to reach them is just a head scratcher for me. Some would say, well, put some ads on the Hispanic radio station. And then somebody would say, well, they don't listen to the local station. They listen to the Chattanooga station. And then others would say, well, put it in the Hispanic newspaper. And I had one guy who I think is correct, was probably the most correct. He said, put posters in the Hispanic stores. I was creating posters with our logo on it, but I was trying to just address general community issues so that people would know that we're concerned. And one of the things was transportation here locally. And I was talking to the county commission chair and I said, you know, we really need better public transportation. And he said, well, you know, we've got a bus, but it's not being utilized that much. And we're talking about doing away with the service. I said, oh, well, I didn't really know about that. How are y'all advertising that? And he said, we put an ad in the newspaper. And I was thinking, how can he possibly think that would reach the people that would be utilizing that service? The people who are utilizing the local public transportation system are not the people who are spending their money on a subscription to the local newspaper. And I think we're all in a situation of trying to figure out, first of all, what is our message? And secondly, how do we get it out there? And I don't have an answer. I'm continuing to struggle with that. Well, you have to meet them where they are. Right. Personally, and this is just my opinion, not Fannin County Democratic Party, but me, I would go where they are and I would meet them in person where they are. Yes. And that's true. But I mean, I I look at myself and I keep telling this to my group. I said, I don't speak Spanish. And I don't look Hispanic. And they look at me and they see an old white woman and they don't trust me and they're not going to listen to me. Now we're there. We do go every time there's any sort of event. We pitch our tent and we have our stuff and all of that. But I'm not confident that they really see us. Like we did a big last minute thing over uh, Halloween. It was some um, local Hispanic merchants were having a like a um, trunk party, trunk or treat. And so we pitched our tent and I know that I gave out because I bought a bunch of stuff somewhere between three and 400 people went through when we were there. But I don't know that they knew you know, the Democrats are, because I do think in talking to some of the folks that there is a basic kind of lack of understanding of you know, what Democrats are, what Republicans are, when are the elections, how does this runoff stuff work? We're just not doing a real good job of teaching people the system either. I had uh, several people in the Hispanic community when we were talking about this said, the Hispanic community does not understand runoffs. They say, you know, that's not how it works where they're from. You're either elected or you're not. And when you start talking about runoffs, they think something fishy's going on. Mm. So I don't know. If anybody's got an answer, I sure would like to know what it is. Do you have any Hispanic folks up there that might want to get involved with your party? We have a couple of older people. We have a couple of younger people. But the problem that I keep running into, because we're really, really trying to reach out to this community, is they've got their bucket full, especially the young kids. If we get some from Dalton State, they're going to school and they're working. And if you look at the general population, they all have jobs and joining And community things is not high on their list of priorities. It would be family, work, and then something else. And we had the same problem when I was involved in Girl Scouts, trying to get 
into that community was very hard because I guess the culture was not of the type to put that as a real high priority in their life. Well, that's understandable. And, you know, being in a rural area, as are we, we can certainly understand your frustrations with getting more people and more folks of diverse backgrounds involved. It's hard. And our communities are changing. I mean, rural areas across the ninth district here, the demographics are changing more rapidly than not. So it's very important. But I do understand what you're saying. It's tough to get the younger folks involved when they're so busy just trying to raise their children and keep their livelihood going, especially with COVID, which has presented so many challenges across the board. So now that it's 2022, And we're going into the midterms and we're going into the general election this year and all of which are so important. How do you think Stacey Abrams will impact the down ballot races now that she's announced her run for governor? And how do you think that will impact rural counties, Democratic turnout in general? Stacey does a wonderful job of organizing. And I think it's to everyone's benefit that she does. I think it'll help with the down ballot. But I will say too that locally, not just in Whitfield County, but throughout the state. The state has got to do a little better job of supporting down-ballot candidates. A lot of people don't know or understand what is the Public Service Commission, who's the Labor Commissioner, why do I care about the Secretary of State? The focus tends to be so much on the governor and the Senate that we lose sight that we probably have a pretty good chance of picking up some of the down-ballot, but we've got to be pushing them at the same time we're pushing the top of the ballot. If you look at the numbers a lot of people, if they don't recognize the name, they won't vote at all in that end race. Right, right. And that's definitely a problem. But I do believe that she will make an impact, a great impact on the down ballot races as well. And it's so important to vote from the top down, right, all the way down the ballot and make sure that we know the issues. So going back to your educational committee, what are the North Georgia Democrats doing to help the down ballot candidates to get voters out and ensure that they're voting on the ballot from the top down? Generally, what we've done is keep track of who the uh, candidates are. So we have contact information. I don't know if anybody else had the problem I did, but I know in the coordinated campaign, I got really frustrated because I could not find a way to communicate with anybody in either of those senatorial campaigns. When we got started, we were going to print out our own material, but I wanted approval from the campaign before we did it. And so I just needed somebody tell me it's okay for us to do this. I finally got on the website because I couldn't find anybody, put in an application as a volunteer thinking somebody would call me, but I never got a call back. And what I finally ended up doing is I had one of the attorneys in town that I used to work with. I contacted him and he said, my daughter works down there. He sent his daughter over and got me a person to contact. Oh my! So that was a frustration that I had. And I felt like probably others did as well. So I think one of the things that our group is going to be doing is to be accumulating that information. And if Murray County is having something going on and they say, hey, who's running in this race? And how, or I need to get a hold of that person that's running for labor commission or do you have that information, we'll have that available. We're also talking about putting together, I think, three district-wide events that will have a speaker, and they'll be different. Some of them will be maybe of a forum-type format. Another will maybe be a speaker with a meet-and-greet kind of format, but just trying to attract these candidates up here to meet people. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I'll say Whitfield County, because we're still meeting virtually through Zoom, we've already had a couple of the Secretary of State candidates, labor commissioner, you know, we've already had some. I think the good thing and bad thing about the Zoom meetings is it makes it easier for these candidates to attend your meetings and people to hear what they have to say. So we're taking advantage of that. And I told them the last meeting we had when some of them were on, they said, we need contact information so that we can get your material. Whitfield County always has a booth at the fair. And I'd reached out to all the candidates I could find on the down ballot that were running for office and told them, if you will send me a poster or something, we will put it in our booth. And I got a response from one. So sometimes it can be hard. It's definitely a challenge because we are, at least across the ninth district, we are 80% red to 20% blue. But as I stated earlier, it is changing. Well, I tell you what, it doesn't matter to me either. And what I've said a million times is, if nothing else, that senatorial race should have taught everybody that when you have a statewide race, a vote in Whitfield County counts just as much as a vote in DeKalb County. Mm-hmm. And I've told the state before, I said, I know we're not going to be sending you a state legislator or a state senator anytime soon. May not be able to do a congressman, but we can affect a statewide race. So we need to be putting resources up here because we're going to be purple, I think, for a while. And our vote is going to be close. And a thousand people in Whitfield County for a candidate could be the difference in a win or loss on a statewide race. Exactly. Because the margins are so slim. Right. We're so divided. So let's talk about municipal races and local races. Democrats recently flipped 48 seats in the municipal races across the state. Drilling down to the local races, let's talk about races for county commissioner and school board seats. Are you using your educational committee to recruit more Democrats to run in local races, or are the county committees working separately on the county level? We're talking about it, but in my opinion, I think you have to have a local person who really knows. If you look at Whitfield County, the city of Dalton is blue, but the rest of the county is not. So if you were looking at a city race, which we just had a city race where we had a blue candidate get in, of course, it's nonpartisan. So, you know, it wasn't obvious that that candidate was Democrat, but the history of that candidate is Democrat. I think there is a state representative district that is in the city of Dalton. And I think that you would have a chance being able to elect a Democrat to that seat. But I just think when you get down to the city council and the county commission level, that I don't think that an organization can be real effective in soliciting candidates because you know who the quacks are in town and you know where the possibility is you might win something. And we have some candidates we don't need to be running for on a Democratic ticket. I think we need to be a little more choosy about that. Right. And no one knows better than the local folks on the ground, right. the boots on the ground, obviously. So give us some positive aspects of what's going on this year with the Whitfield County Party and also with the North Georgia Democrats Educational Committee. Tell us what's going on there for 2020. I'm really excited. I think Whitfield County Committee has become energized. And I really hate this whole COVID thing has really put a damper on that. We were having socials back in the summer when you could meet outside. And we had a lot of people who were coming that would come to the socials, but were not a part of the regular meeting. And I think that's something that the North Georgia Democrats were talking to our committee members about. Let's try to provide a place where Democrats can come to just 
be Democrats. I've had people come up to me before and whisper, I'm a Democrat. I said, it's okay. (laughs) You know, they feel like they can't speak out. So it's good to provide a time when you can just come together to socialize and talk about these things that you think nobody else but you feels that way. We were doing a monthly breakfast and then a monthly dinner or a social of some kind. One of the last ones we did was we went to, and here again, it's going to the outreach. We went to a local Hispanic restaurant and did dinner. And then we went to a Hispanic ice cream store and had dessert and another meeting. So we're trying to to do two things. And that is reach out into the community, especially those communities that we are having hard time reaching. And then reaching out to our membership to provide support and hopefully let them see that there are other Democrats and it's okay to be a Democrat and you should be proud of being a Democrat and providing them with the ammunition that they need to sway other people in that direction. I'm very fortunate that I have a really great committee member who has worked at the state level on messaging. Her name is Kathleen Miner, and she has done texting and she's a writer. And she has helped us do workshops on communication. She did a great one for us this past fall and is willing to do it for other people. And I think we're going to push that a little bit more. She's been pushing a concept called friend banking. I did a state training on phone banking and they were using, and I can't remember the name of the app right now, but I was told that they kind of had to leave it because a lot of people were having trouble manipulating the app and it was not carrying information over from one campaign to the next the way they wanted it to. So they kind of abandoned it. And Kathleen was talking to us about friend banking and she would start doing workshops on that, which is a real simple concept is that you text five friends in your contacts and just remind them to vote in a very personal way. Mm-hmm. And she did a really good job with that. And I think that's where our focus is going to be. It's going to be on a person to person sort of thing. I think this year it's going to be a couple of things. It's going to be a more personal outreach. And secondly, I think I'm already seeing that at the state level that they're going to back off from the absentee ballot and instead be pushing early voting mm-hmm. because the state legislature has made the absentee ballot rules so complex. Your window of time to send things in and the documents that are required are just an obstacle to being able to vote. I think it was DeKalb or Fulton, over 50% of their absentee ballots were rejected. I think I read in the paper because of some problem or the other. Oh my! I think those are two things that you're going to be seeing in the election cycle this year that I think are good. And I think Stacy will be pushing those things for us. And all we've got to do is follow through. She sets a great example of what needs to be done. Yes, she does. Our next governor. I look forward to saying Madam Governor <laughs> moving forward. Yeah, really. <laughs> I am so ready for that. So, Debbie, do you have any plans to run again? I'm old. No, I don't. No, you are not old. <laughs> Yes, I am. I'm too old to run again. No, never too old. I was very disappointed when I ran in 2016. I probably naively thought that I could do better in that race than I did because of my experience with the commission. But it had been 20 years or so since I had run. And I think the thing is, I had a lot of Republicans in Dalton vote for me, but I had one of the guys tell me, he said, you know, you're the only Democrat I'd vote for. I think in order for me to be able to persuade someone to vote for me, they would have to spend some time with me and get to know me. And that's just not going to happen on a large scale basis. I mean, I did the best I could. It was a short race and that race was was terrible. I was 
so mad. The, one of the reasons I ran, Charlie Bethel had won the election here locally for state Senate. The day after the election, he announced that he was resigning to be appointed to the Court of Appeals. Now, I did not for one minute think that that was an unplanned move. Right. And so I got mad just thinking about how he and the governor had probably worked together to manipulate that race and, in my opinion, cheat the voters because he had no intention of taking that office over. And so you pretty much lost your vote. And not only that, but you're wasting a lot of taxpayer money. You've got to have another election now. Right. And elections cost money. So it was supposed to be a nonpartisan election. So I did not declare a party thinking that, okay, here's a chance that I can get out here. Maybe people can get to know me. And maybe once they know who I am, they'll vote for me without worrying about whether I'm a Democrat or Republican. And it was that Trump year And I was at a forum in Dalton. And the first question I was asked, the first question was, who did you vote for for president? Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Very inappropriate question. And this came from the editor of the local newspaper. And I said, well, you know, I could take the fifth, but everybody know I was guilty. (laughs) I I, I voted for Clinton, but I'll tell you why. I said, first of all, Trump says things that I would put my children in time out for if they said them. But I said, also, he has no experience. He does not know what he's doing. He doesn't understand the system. And I think everything I said about him proved to be true. He doesn't understand or respect the system and would like to tear it down to his benefit if he could. Yes, all of that came to fruition over those four years. So you were correct about that. So Debbie, if someone wants to get involved with the North Georgia Democrats or the Whitfield County Democratic Party, where would you send them? If they want to volunteer, donate, where should they go? The North Georgia Democrats, we have a an Agla account and we have a website. And you have to be careful. There's two Facebook North Georgia Democrats. One of them is an older group and it's just a Facebook group. And then the other one is ours. And we do have Act Blue, and there's a link there. And we're trying to expand our board and our membership and participation because the more the merrier and more ideas you get, the better off. So Whitfield County, same thing. We have a Facebook page. That's probably the easiest way to contact us. Just send a message and somebody will get back with you. But we have meetings. And like I said, ours are Zoom meetings. The Zoom link is posted on our Facebook page. And it's the first Tuesday of the month at 630. So So anybody is welcome that join our Facebook page and you can join in the meetings at any time. We'd love to have you. We have expanded our membership considerably. Looking at Whitfield County, we're running close to 38 to 40 percent are voting Democrat now. And I think considering Marjorie Taylor Greene in that particular race and what I think is going to happen in the governor's race, I think. Kemp and Purdue are probably just going to massacre one another and nobody's going to come out looking good out of that race. So I'm thinking that we've got a pretty good chance of upping our numbers this year in this election. And I invite everyone to participate because maybe this year we might win. Well, it takes a village. Right, right, right. I mean, you don't really have the right to complain if you haven't exercised your civil right to vote. So we also urge everyone to come out and get involved with the primaries and the general election and the party in particular. So finally, Debbie, and I ask all my guests this question, tell us a fun fact about yourself, something just about you, not related to politics, not related necessarily to your legal career, although can come from that. Tell us something fun about Debbie. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I don't know that anybody would ever accuse me of being fun. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 
sure you have stories. I, I really, I'm, you should have prepped me on that one because I really do not know anything to even tell you. I'm sorry. It's more fun when it's a surprise, but you know, there must be something interesting. Well, I think the fact that I'm a Cub Scout leader is pretty funny. Here I am, an old lady. I had all girls and I had three Girl Scout troops. And I didn't get any little boys in my life until I had grandchildren. And I've got a 10-year-old grandson and I am his scout leader. And then next year, I will have to go back to Girl Scouts too. I'll have to have two troops next year because my granddaughter will be old enough to join the Brownies. So I guess what you would say about me is I'm a chronic and perpetual volunteer. I just... That's a good thing. It's a, it's a habit that I can't seem to break. And we're all the better for it. We're the ones who benefit from it. So thank you, Debbie, for joining us today and sharing more about your critical work to support Democratic Party policy and maintain our democracy. I'm Meryl Clark. And on behalf of our team, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to the North Georgia Blue podcast. We hope you'll join us next time when we interview Quentin T. Howell, former Democratic Party delegate and whip former Georgia House of Representatives candidate and current member of the Baldwin County Development Authority and Democratic Party activists in both Middle and South Georgia. To learn more about us and the work that we're doing, visit us online at Fannin County Georgia Democrats, all spelled out, .com. Share the North Georgia Blue podcast with your friends and family. Be sure to subscribe and follow. And if you enjoy our podcast, consider becoming a founding patron and friend of the show at NorthGeorgiaBluePodcast.com slash patron so we can continue getting into more good trouble.